0: Good morning, it's July 15th. We're reading through the Bible in a year. Today we have two Psalms, Psalm 17 and Psalm 18. These two Psalms are helpful patterns and templates for our prayer life. The first one I like to call the prayer of integrity. It's uh, the statement about having a clear conscience before God it reminds me of James uh, chapter five, that speaking of the, the prayer of a righteous man that accomplishes much. There's a sense in which the uh, clear conscience, knowing that our sins are uh, forgiven and confessed up, that we are able to come to God with that kind of integrity that we see there in Psalm 17. Uh, and remember, even the focus of the praying is uh, always about uh, God doing justice. It's not about personal gains, not about the yacht in the harbor or you know the house with a view. Um, it's really about seeing God do his will in this world. It's much like the disciples' prayer that Jesus gave us, that uh, we're praying that, Uh, Your will be done on earth as, as it is in heaven. And of course, being selfish in the way that we are, we can often think that God's will is simply for me to have everything I want, which of course is not the case. Although what the psalmist wants here in his integrity is aligned with God's justice. And that's the picture here. It's a hopeful prayer. It's one of confidence, knowing that God is going to respond in faith, not because he's going to meet all of our desires, but because he is going to align himself in this world with his purposes, which include uh, justice ultimately, and that's the prayer of Psalm 17. Psalm 18, uh, great psalm, starts with this declaration about our love for God, or the psalmist's love for God, I love you, Lord, and that's a good thing for us to do, to affirm that love for God. I hope you say that to God regularly, that you understand him better, and that you learn to not just say it, but express with your heart the devotion of love, the commitment and loyalty that you have to God. As Jesus said, there's no greater command than that, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, strength and mind and it's a great way uh, even to set up the requests that come And that is all based on the fact that God in his love and goodness toward us has been faithful. And the recounting of that, this lengthy psalm here in Psalm 18 reminds us of how it's good to record and then recount the good things that God has done in answering prayers and how he's accomplished justice in the past. So that's a good pattern. I hope you're keeping a journal of some kind or a record of God's answers to prayer, not just the things that you want, as we saw, as I mentioned in Psalm 17, but the things that God is doing to establish what is right and what is good and to intervene for the good of his own cause in this world. So Psalm 17 and 18, Great Psalms. Our New Testament reading is in Acts 19, the first half, verses 1 through 20. And uh, we see Paul here in Ephesus, which becomes a majorly important city uh, for Paul in his ministry. Uh, He stays here longer than any other city on his missionary journey. He is going to put Timothy in the leadership role as the pastor here eventually. And uh, it's the city that had the uh, temple here to Artemis or Diana. That's the Roman name for Artemis, the Greek goddess, and uh, was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was a big deal. And uh, as we'll see in tomorrow's reading, there's a lot of disruption to the business involved in that scam as uh, Paul and, and his missionary colleagues end up disrupting that with the truth. Uh, but nevertheless, in our passage here, we get that interesting text about the seven sons of Skeva who try to invoke uh, the name of Christ that Paul was preaching as though he's some kind of magical incantation, uh, like a magic foot or some formula that you repeat. Uh, Jewish exorcism in the intertestamental period was a big deal. There were books written just about that. And uh, so they're trying to enlist the name of Jesus, which they understood was obviously something powerful because here the apostolic band was doing things miraculously to Authenticate the message of repentance and faith, but they took that as their call to, or their cue rather, to uh, call upon that same name and see what they could do to wield that power. And of course, the demons there respond. They're real entities who respond in a way of, we know Paul, we know Christ, to Who who are you? And they get attacked in the process. Interesting passage and a good one for us uh, to remember not only the reality of the spiritual realm, but also that you don't leverage Christianity for your own purposes. Or means. All right, our community imperative today, our um, community command is that we would engage in ardent prayer for one another. It's found in Romans chapter 15, verse 30. I just want you to note the word here. It says, "I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf." and that word strive together to compound word in Greek, uh, soon, together, and then agonizomai, which we transliterate at least the core of that into the word agony, the struggle, the striving of prayer. And that's why I put it this way, engage in ardent prayer, earnest prayer, real you know, engaged prayer. I know that a lot of times we say to people, well, I'll pray for you, and we do. I mean, I hope there's integrity in your heart in praying for people you say you pray for, but often it's just uh, praying through a list or maybe even praying while we're driving home or whatever. But it's good for us to know there are certain things and, and certain people that we ought to be really wrestling in prayer uh, for them, like Epaphras did, that, to have that 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 ardency and urgency in our prayer. And of course, can't pray that way for everyone uh, in our lives. But I hope that you are engaging in some ardent prayer for people that are facing things that uh, you just need to be there, standing with them in prayer. Uh, so to speak, as you are before God, um, just pleading and interceding on their behalf. And and I love the fact that he says, you know, by the Lord who would want us to do this and by the love of the Spirit. And I hope because we love people, we'll do more than just throw a few sentences up to God regarding them, but occasionally that we are spending that time for each person in our lives really struggling and striving in prayer together with other people who are ardently praying as well. So there's our community imperative to engage in ardent prayer for each other. So be sure you do that today for someone in your life. And we'll be back tomorrow as we continue reading through the Bible.